Yeah, I'm stealing it. Loss of life, sometimes I be fearing it. Loss of life, sometimes I be fearing it. I be fearing it. Yeah, and no, I'm not feeling it. Gotta get it. Better get with it. If you ain't with it, man, you better get with it. Turkey, chicken, happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, eat good, that's a good living. Yeah, eat good, that's a good living. Eating good, man, that's the way I'm living. You know, I gotta, uh, I gotta thank God because He gave it to me all. Amen. Hey Joe. Hey, Joe. <laughs> so we giving them reality, man. Reality, man. Reality, man. I mean, I mean, that's the only way we know how to do it. Toys tape. Yes. Why not? Are you still using those? Yeah. <laughs> it was that's, that's a little old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you still use those? Yeah. Yeah. They're handy. They're quite handy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now is this conversational? Like this is like going, we're gonna be going so back and forth. Okay, it's on me. Yeah, um, just uh, you know, uh, black people in this community. You no, know. What's your name? You know what's oh, your my name? name. Oh, okay, I don't know. I just go straight go. Yeah, I was gonna go in. All right. So you said my name? Yeah, yeah. My yeah. My name is James Henderson. James Henderson. Yeah, I'm from Where are you from, from Vallejo. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going there. I am loosened up. Yeah, my name is James Henderson. I'm from. Uh, Vallejo, California. Uh, grew up in Vallejo. Bay Area. Bay Area. Vallejo, California, Bay Area. Um, where E40 is from. Uh, North Vallejo. Um, let's see. I grew up there ever since, what, 99, 2000. I came out here. and oh, I'm <laughs> 33 years old. <laughs> 33 years old. Yeah, 33 years old. Okay. Um, and came out here in Sacramento to start high school. Did high school out here, finished high school, been here ever since, did college out here um, in Sacramento. Uh, have a 10-year-old daughter. Her name is Macy. Um, she goes to Franklin Elementary School. And um, yeah, just working and taking care of my daughter. 33 years old. So what is that like now? 33? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> 33. You know, 33 is interesting because I think 33, you know, you know, I definitely know myself a lot better than what I did when I was um, 21, right. in my 20s. Um, you know, I still feel like I'm probably like in my mid 20s, early 20s, like physically, physically, okay. physically, but mentally, um, definitely somebody. I, I feel older than 33, mentally. Um, when it comes to, uh, you know, just talking about the world and where I see myself and, you know, what I want, not only for myself, but for my daughter. What do you want? What do I want? 33 years old, what do you want? Well, I think everybody wants happiness, companionship, um, a partner. Um, people want to live life, 
but uh, a lot of people don't live life responsibly. So I think it's very important that people take responsibility for their lives. Um, I think um, there's a lot of people out there that um, are afraid to make decisions and choices that could alter their lives. Yeah, and you have to make those decisions and choices to alter your life? Absolutely. Some for, some, some for the betterment of my life, and I've made decisions that haven't been too good for my life. Yeah, it actually has come gotta, back. And we we got to hear the bad stuff, man. The bad stuff, no Can problem, bro. Huh? Yeah. Well, my daughter's a blessing, but I, I wouldn't have had my daughter with her mother. Mm. Um, she's hindered me uh, ever since my daughter. She's hindered me in my progression, my natural progression, or speeding up my progression, you know, in life, um, financially. Uh, emotionally child support yeah um, and just she used my daughter as a pawn against me so um, that was a terrible decision but I'm happy that my daughter's here my daughter's a blessing I love my daughter I wouldn't trade her in for the world um, it's just I wish I wish I would have uh, wish I probably would have had her with someone else how, how old were you when you had your daughter 23 years old 23 that's not bad 23 yeah. years old <laughs> Yeah. Where were you in life at 23? Still in college. Still in um, college. Trying to find myself. Mm. Um, I knew I had to work because I had to support my daughter. But at the same time, I was still playing college football. So um, I still had that, you know, I had the responsibilities of a man. And I wanted to meet those responsibilities. But at the same time, I'm still a kid in college trying mm. to have that experience too. So, you know. You know, it's a difficult spot to be in because you want to go out there and have fun, but you can't go to every college party when you have a, a infant at the house. You know, you got to, after my games, I went back to the house and I had my daughter. So I spent time with my daughter, changing diapers and running around with her. So, um, you know, it's just a different perspective. Um, people, you know, I've, I've heard people say, well, at least you didn't have your, your, your kid in high school. Yes, but at the same time, is somebody really mature at 23? You know, especially when you're so young and you're trying to find yourself, trying to find which direction you're trying to go into life. Right. And, you know, having a kid at that moment can be difficult because you're forced to make certain decisions that, um, and, and you have to exclude yourself from a lot of stuff. And um, <clears throat> that was one of the things that, you know, I had to make. That, those are some of the decisions I had to make in order to, um, you know, take care of my daughter. You know, I made those decisions. Not every decision was right. Right. But... You know, I, I made tough decisions, and I made decisions, and, um, um, you know, I, I am who I am. I make mistakes. I'm a man. You know, it's no perfect parent. I've uh, lived and I've learned, and, um, you know, I uh, wouldn't trade those experiences for the world. So, Being 33 and then thinking back at the age you had your daughter, is there a time you would say, ah, you know, at 30, 23 is the right age for me? Or would you have waited till you matured more as a father? <clears throat> I'm sure you grew as your, your kid grew, but if you were, let's say, had the same thoughts at 26, mm -hmm. would it have mattered anymore if you trying to play the role in uh, your daughter's life? Uh, I think, you know, my, it's funny you mention that because my uncle, he had his first kid at 34, 35. He waited late, supposedly late in the game. But um, I think that if it was up to me, I would have waited a little longer. I would have waited until I finished college because a lot of that stuff um, hindered me from even finishing. I'm 16 units. Was it 12, 16? 12 units. 
12 units away from getting my degree at Sacramento State University, but I couldn't finish that because I was paying so much in child support and so much was going into the rears that I had to step up and say, hey, I have to take care of this. So mm -hmm. it hindered me from completing what I set out to complete. So um, I would have waited until all of that was taken care of first before I would have had children mm -hmm. or a child. So, um, and, and then I would have been ready for that responsibility. But I, I don't think it's a perfect, like, like I said, you can't read a book and think you know everything about parenting. Right. I think that it's a learn-as-you-go process because it's no perfect parents, just like it's no perfect kid. You know, uh, we're all flawed. So uh, with that, you have to understand that, um, you know, you're not going to do everything right. And sometimes you're going to make, you're going to mess up big time. But um, it's how you recover from that and how you move forward. So that's what's most important. And uh, I just try to, uh, if I do mess up, I try to recover and I try to move forward in a positive light. I've, I've done that with everything in my life. Um, every mistake that I've made, I've tried to make it right. Um, if I couldn't make it right, I just learn from it and I move forward. Were you taught these responsibilities? So most people don't have accountability for their actions. So mm -hmm. you may have been like, oh, you know what, this may not have been the right mother, you know, for mm -hmm. your daughter. I'm just going to go run away somewhere. You know, try, try mm -hmm. to do something else where you talk to, like, take your responsibilities when you were younger and then just kind of manifest into you being a good father. Yeah, you know, I, I, I didn't, my biological father never raised me. Mm -hmm. And um, I had a stepfather who was instrumental into my life, instrumental in my life. And, um, you know, he taught me a lot of good, but he had some bad. Like, my stepfather cheated on my mom. He loved women and he went out and did his thing with women. But he was a great provider. And the stuff that he did teach me about providing stuck with me. And um, I thank him for that. Um, I played sports growing up. A lot of uh, responsibility in handling business and the discipline into honoring your commitments came from sports. So um, that helped me. So it was a combination, a cultivation mm -hmm. of everything that kind of, you know, I took what I thought was important and then the rest I just discarded and move forward. And uh, I've, I've learned from a lot of men. I've learned what to do and what not to do from the mm -hmm. same man. Um, and uh, I think that that, that that helped me along the way um, with parenting and just who, who I am today. Uh, life experiences and uh, the people in your life are, are, are huge. So, uh, and I had a great mom. My mom was outstanding. Best mom in the world, you know. She uh, she raised me. She sacrificed for me. She she uh, tried her hardest and tried her best to make sure that I was taken care of. Mm -hmm. uh, selflessly, my mom's very my mom's a very selfless woman. Mm -hmm. You know, if you needed something, she'll give you straight off her bat. And she's like that with a lot of people. She has compassion for people. She has compassion for her loved ones. So. Um, I just want to, you know, honor her and to make sure I'm doing the right thing, make sure I'm taking care of business. Um, because, <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> I think every parent wants their child to be a better person or contribute to society in positive ways. And they right. want their child to um, be, be a good person in the society that we live in. So I, I, I try to honor my mom in that way. Mm. So your daughter comes home, she's 14. He says, hey, Dad, I'm pregnant. What do you do? Oh, wow. 
<laughs> you done went to something. <laughs> you done went to something that's touchy, huh? Uh, wow. Yeah. Well, you have to. I don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a tough one. Um, I think you know naturally, you know, as a as a father of a daughter, that that you're an instrumental role in her life as a man. You're the first man she's ever loved. You're the first man to show her what a man is supposed to do and, and be in her life. Um, I think that's, uh, you'll be hurt mm. initially. I think that's the initial response, you being hurt. Because that's a big responsibility. And for her to be 14, a teenage mother, that's uh, that's pretty much your responsibility <laughs> at that time too. Pretty much. Because she's not young enough and she doesn't have the capacity to take care of a child. So that's my responsibility. Uh, so I'll be I'll be hurt, then I'll get mad, and then I think after a while, as time goes on, um, I'll just continue to move forward, pick up the pieces and move forward. I wouldn't kick her out or anything like that. Right. I wouldn't call her names and slap her around or anything like that. But I'll be hurt, mad, and then I'll just have to just move forward and pick up the pieces. Um, so that's my, my process. Thanks. Thanks Dad. I, I'm, glad you, I'm glad you really understand it. But, but my boyfriend, Antonio, hmm. uh, he got kicked out of his house when we told his parents, could he live here with us? No, I'm sorry. I can't. <laughs> I can't condone anything like that. <laughs> I Why wouldn't not? condone anything like that. Why not? Well, you because know, that's getting cheated on. That's but see, you know, she's young at that point, and um, her heart's gonna be broken. Like, let's just face it. And I, I thought about, and it's crazy. I thought about this when, like, before my daughter was even born. If I had a daughter, that is one thing that I won't be able to protect her from, and that's from getting her heart broke. And uh, she, uh, that's just something that. She's going to have to go through. All I can do is just be there for her. All I can do is just be a shoulder for her to cry on. Um, but he won't be able to move into the house. I'm, I'm not condoning another another young man to move into the house with my daughter. She's not, but they're not married. They're not, uh, I mean, they obviously have had sexual intercourse and created a child. But um, as far as him moving in, can't, can't help him with that. I'll try to find someone that can help him. I'll right. try to find help for him. You're the last resort, though. Mm. It's the streets or your spot. If if I'm the last resort and, sh and, and that young man has no other way You're the only of getting a shelter, the streets or your spot. Then I, I would try to help him out as far as. If if he did move in for a short period of time, my daughter won't be sleeping there or being or be there. He would he would have strict regulations and yeah, rules. You changing it, man. We want to, we want that. You know what? He's staying in the house. Yeah, separate rooms is cool, but oh, I'm gonna have a camp out in the tree house. Nah, man. We want gritty, hard, either cut and dry, a regular household. You cooking a. Hey man, you like your scrambled over easy? <laughs> 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 yeah. Okay, 
Last resort, your your daughter's pregnant, what we doing? <sighs> yes and no. He going to the streets, possibly never being in the kid's life ever again. Ever, actually. <sighs> and or you taking the responsibility <laughs> to protect your daughter's broken heart. Are you willing to go that far? I'm trying to see where you're I hear what you're saying. Uh, Is it worth it? Fourteen. That's a tough situation oh, to be in. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. Uh, Flip the script. Yeah. You got a son, 14, got a girl pregnant. She gonna be on the streets if you don't let her stay. Does it change then? It's crazy, it does. Wow! I, I don't know why it does. Women rights killing. Yeah, right? It probably is. It probably is. Well, because, you know, she's a female and she's pregnant. If she has nowhere else to go, I don't want my son's, the mother of my son's child to be on the streets sleeping in a car or outside in the alleyway or something. So look, she's pregnant. I, so I'll tell you what. So, so it's not just her, it's two people. I get you that. So... Uh, you're the perfect person for this conversation. So, the man, right? Mm-hmm. They always say the father's the instrumental role in, in the kid's life. The investment now to put into that, you're not willing to do. You know what I'm saying? What do you mean by the investment? It's like she hasn't had the baby yet. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? If she had the baby, it'd be like, I would just bring the kid over and then you figure out what, what you're going to do. But, since she's pregnant, it's cool because of right now, it's like, ah, this isn't a good look. Mm-hmm. But if you flip the script, it's cool for the guy to just have to figure it out and then in the future be like, wow, I never grew up without a dad. And it's like, well, your, your, your grandpa said I couldn't stay in the house. <laughs> I had to figure out where I needed to live. And, that, and, that, and that's a later effect to the kid. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But people don't think like that. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Uh, Thinking about it now, that you're going to have your kid father out there in the streets you know you know you know my only thing is i, I just don't want her to get pregnant again because sometimes yes yeah, she, yeah, she's pregnant, yeah she's already pregnant so I'm the damage is done but i don't you know to be honest with you i don't want any sexual relations happening <laughs> under my roof i'm serious i know i believe it i'm paying bills right this is mine right this is my domain i'm gonna be the only one having sex underneath this roof right not my 14-year-old daughter. Now, if she was older and if she was married, that's one thing. But she's only 14 years old. She doesn't even know what she wants. 14 years old, what? Freshman in high school. She's young. She doesn't know. She made a mistake. She got pregnant. The roles reversed with the, with the boy. Mm-hmm. He has the girl living there. Mm-hmm. It would be okay. Well, like yeah, I said, the only reason no why... Control, you wouldn't have any control if they had sex I wouldn't. Way. Because, yeah, because I'm busy. So I wouldn't have any control, but to me, like I said, my heart goes out more for a female who has a child, who's carrying the child, mm-hmm. and I know that this child is my son's child. Mm-hmm. I can't have her all on the street like that. Mm-hmm. Why does it change? I just don't know. I'm not saying that I'll be mean to this young man. Of course, of course I'll be hurt and mad and probably want to mess him up mm-hmm. when I first hear that, oh, daddy, I'm pregnant, and this is the dude who did it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to sit down and have a serious talk with that young man. But at the same time, um, I'm not just going to kick him to the curb and say, you can't come over here and visit with 
my daughter because I feel some type of way about y'all having sex and you how got would, pregnant. How would you do that? How would I do that? Um, I'll just have a serious talk with him. I'll you know, see like where his... How would you contact him? You invite him over to the house. I need ah. to talk to him. Through my daughter. Call him up and tell he him I need to come over. Live he lives on the streets. Well, we'll go find him. Because I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure she would know how to get a hold of him. I'm pretty sure she she would know how to get a hold of him. Okay. And then we'll pick him up. I'm I'm not saying he'll just like I said a meal, shower, all that stuff. I need some help doing this. I need some help doing that. You know, put it like this: if the young man is willing to go the extra mile to make sure that he's going to take care of his child that right. he's having with my daughter, and if he needs some help to accomplish that, he realizes. Oh man, I'm young. Like he's 14 too, or whatever. I'm young. I have a baby coming. I need to start figuring out what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna. I need to start understanding how I'm gonna support this child. So he's gonna go to work, or he's gonna try to get a job, or do, or create a business or something. And if it's solid, and if he's, and if he's showing steps on tr trying to accomplish that, I'll help him. But as far as him living under my roof and eating up all my food and just think he, you know, thinks this is a vacation spot and he can right. do whatever he wants to do around mm -hmm. the house and that's out. Like it's only, you know, and, and it's, you know, it's only one king in the castle. Brother, like, nah. You can't have a bishop in the house? I can't. <laughs> I can't. Because, you know, I wouldn't want that, like I said, if I'm in that situation, I'm, I'm in that situation, but I wouldn't want that situation to happen for my daughter. Okay. I would want her to finish high school, finish college, if she wants to go to college, mm -hmm. figure out what she wants to do, have her career going, get married and have some kids. Because as she grows and as she educates herself, she'll understand herself better. And she'll be mature enough to handle a child or children. At 14, you're a child yourself. That's like a child raising a child. No. You can't... It's, it's, like you see, you're already behind the eight ball. You're setting yourself up for failure if you're 14 and you're pregnant, because you don't know much about life. So, what 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 do you say to the people who say last generation isn't as fast as this generation? So if we go to the 50s, the 50s were with everything a little slower than the 60s, and you progress and mm -hmm. things have to change because that's just not the way things work. So the way Someone could say, well, at two, you know, around one and a half, two, they should start walking. Now kids are walking at a month. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So that changes that rule of one and a half to two being able to walk. So could you, argue, could you argue in about 20 years, 14 could possibly be the regular age of having kids? Because at one point it was 30, it was like 40, 30, you know, like, when you hit 30, you know, you have kids at one point in the 90s. It was like, you know, you want to get things together and figure stuff out. Mm -hmm. It's like, now, 14. Yeah. In 20 years, I mean, it doesn't sound too far-fetched between pregnancy. It doesn't. But, you know, in some countries now, they have arranged marriages where, they, where, where, where the daughter is 14, 15, 16 years old, mm -hmm. get married and have kids. So they, they're, they're doing it now. But I just feel that at 14, uh, you're not mentally ready to handle all the responsibilities and to understand even yourself to raise a child. You don't know much about life. You're still trying to figure yourself out. You have a bunch of emotions that you're still dealing with. You're insecure in so many ways. You don't know yourself. So to add, to add a child on top of that, 
just throws everything out of whack, out of proportion. I'm not promoting teen pregnancy or anything like that at all. I just want to, you know. I understand. Cool. Yeah, I understand. I pay for this. Yeah, absolutely. No one is going to argue this point, but <clears throat> if you, I don't know what we're talking about. Come on, uh, <laughs> talking about uh, <laughs> totally. teen pregnancy. Ah, uh, yeah, bingo. Mm -hmm. So, with the arranged marriages and stuff mm -hmm. like that, that's like culture. It's culture. Do you believe that in some cultures, it's more maturity just on how you're being raised, more so than it is in other places? Because some, I mean, I can go to the flea market and I can, somebody's selling me something to seven years old, you know? They're bringing me back change. Some kids, I wouldn't dare give them <laughs> a quarter and to give it because they'll get lost somewhere. So, like, is it just more of a, like, cultural thing that you you more want to teach your kids this type of workmanship and stuff like that versus playing with toys and video games? Yeah, I think it's a culture thing. I think uh, the maturity comes with that. Like, if you know as a, as a, young, as a young female that in my culture we believe in arranged marriages, so you have to mentally prepare yourself that, hey, at 15, 16, 17, I might be in a situation to where I'm married off. Mm. And I think they bred and they, they, they teach you, okay, you know, around the time where you might be married off, like a few years or so, hey, you need to start understanding a woman's responsibility in the mm. household. You need to start understanding the wife role as a, as, as a wife to a husband. You have to understand all these things. And they bring those young girls up thinking with, with that mentality. Um, in our culture, it's nothing like that. What do I believe? I believe that you have the right to choose, pick and choose who you want to marry. Because I'm pretty sure in a lot of those arranged marriages situations, those women don't like, they probably don't like the man that they're, they've been arranged with, you know? And they kind of grew to, you know, they kind of had to grow to love them. But why would you want to grow to love somebody? I mean, that, that's the natural progression of things. But you have that choice Right. who you want to grow and love. They don't have that choice. That choice is taken from them. And they're basically told this is who you're going to marry. So you have to grow to love this person that your parents picked for you. So I disagree with it, you know, in that respect. But, you know, that's just their, their uh, culture. So <clears throat> for some American culture, uh, we have the when you turn 18 years ago. Some culture, I mean, some places in the world, 25 is technically when you're an adult. When you're, like, fully mature, you're supposed to be married. And, but in America, it's like 18, mm -hmm. this should be this, this should be that. Are we not grooming at a certain age as they would in other cultures as far as marriage? To where, hey, you know, in three years, you're going to be 18, you might want to start thinking about your credit. You mm -hmm. don't want to do this. Are we doing that enough for the kids? Are you doing that? Were you taught any of that stuff? Were taught any of that credit, all Nobody that stuff? Nobody taught you, walked you to age. I had happen. to learn the hard way. Mm. The way I learned about credit was, since we're talking about credit, the way I learned about credit was I got a, I was in college, and uh, Wells Fargo was up there, and they were passing out credit card applications. And I signed up for one. And I maxed that credit card out. And 
I didn't know how to the pay schedule. I knew it was a minimum payment. I was paying a minimum payment, and then I couldn't make it because I wasn't making enough income coming in. I couldn't pay the minimum payment anymore. At $25, it might as well have been $150 <laughs> because I wasn't making that much money, and I wasn't responsible enough with my money at that age. I was only 18 years old. So I got into debt, and basically they had to close the credit card down, I mean, cancel the account because lack of payment. So I maxed it out and didn't pay it off for a long time. And it hurt me, it hurt my credit. So that's how I learned about credit mm. and credit cards. And then as I matured and got older, I realized that, damn, I really didn't know anything about credit cards. So I cleaned all that up. But in a lot of uh, culture, well, in American society, especially the uh, African-American uh, race, we as black people, we're not taught those things. Credit, um, how to manage your money, how to be financially responsible. And I think we just don't, they, it's, it's not passed down and it's not talked about. So we don't, we don't hit on those subjects. We don't hit on those topics. Right. And uh, it, it does us a disservice. We end up further behind the eight ball, ball than what we already are because we don't know how to manage our finances. And we get ourselves in trouble. And sometimes it's hard to get out of trouble when, you know, it's just going to take discipline. But if you, you know, you don't know what you don't know, then you're never going to get out because you don't know. So um, it's just important that we do teach that type of stuff. They say the people around you is like the most, it's usually where you get a lot of your information. So mm -hmm. with the information that you have, you have like close friends that you share these type of things with. You're like, hey man, you know what? don't get a car yet, wait to do this because I did this. Do you, do you share that information? Yeah, I don't have very many friends, mm. but, uh, you know, the, the, a couple people that are close to me, yeah, we talk about that all the time. Mm. And it's funny because it's like we talk about that type of stuff and, it feels, and, and we feel like the other, the rest of the world is on a completely different wavelength. <laughs> and it's like, why are they doing this? Like, you know, just embarrassing just the black race, you know. I think we should be more focused on Making sure that our okay. I think that uh, you know we need to take care of um, you know uh, our people. We need to teach our people to be financially responsible. Because if me growing up not knowing anything about how to manage a credit card, I mean I can only imagine how many thousands, if not millions, of people that are out there that are African-American that can't balance a checkbook, let alone a credit. I mean, they, they, they just don't have any type of financial um, literacy. So um, it's just important that we teach ourselves, not, not just our family members, but we teach any black person that wants to know and wants to find out how this whole game works. We need to teach them how it works. And if we don't know ourselves, or if our knowledge is limited, we just expand our knowledge by talking to other people or reading books on how to be better financially or more financially responsible people. And uh, I think if we pass that culture on, eventually, uh, maybe our maybe our kids' kids will probably start getting a hint, and then they could probably uh, they'll be in a better situation than what we were in or our people are in right now, currently. And um, Yeah, so I think that um, that's 
you know, money, money is money, you know. I once heard that, uh, you know, money is close to air. You need it. You know, mm. without air, you're dead. So money is not the most important, but it's, it's a high priority. You can't steal so, money. Why not just steal it? Well, if you steal money, you'd be going to the penitentiary. If you get caught. If you get caught. Or if you don't get caught. Well, if you don't get caught, then you have a nice lump sum of money. <laughs> but at the same time, I think that it's more important to teach our people how to earn their money, how to do what's right and still be able to provide for not only themselves, but to provide for generations to come. And what we're talking about here, we're talking about generational wealth. And I don't think a lot of black folks understand that because they're so focused on themselves and their kids. You know, they don't put into perspective their children's children's children, how they're going to be living when they grow up. So that's generational, and that's what we need to be talking about, generational wealth, because it's two separate things. Because if you're just focused, if, if you're here on this earth just to take care of yourself, that's selfish. And there's a lot of selfish people out there. But if you want to make an impact and you want to make a difference, you want to think generationally. And when you think generationally, it's a broader, a broader spectrum of things and that you have to think about. But that's the best way to think, because you're, you're not only going to be able to provide for yourself, but you're going to be able to provide for your children's children's children. And they'll be appreciative of you. So, for those who don't have kids, what do you say to them? Educate yourself and put as many... Well, no, like those who don't have kids, but they have the money. What oh, they, they have the money. Yes, there would be no reason for generational wealth if they don't have children. If they don't have children. Uh, give back to the black community. Start a different programs where other black children can benefit and learn this important, vital information about life, and then let them make the decision. But invest in your community, invest in your people, because, you know, we had that, I think, back in the Martin Luther King and Malcolm X days. We were building that. We were building that. And then once those people left us and was left over, it's, everything kind of fell apart. We lost the, um, you know, they said it takes a village to raise a child, a whole community to raise a child. And that's, that's what we had back in those days. We don't have that back now. Uh, now you could be living next to someone for 10, 15, 20 years and probably only talk to them three times. Mm -hmm. That's how out of touch we are with our surroundings. And we shouldn't be that way. It's very important that you communicate with your community and everybody knows each other because then you might need that person for something or you might need that hey I'm, I'm gonna be going on vacation for two months can you watch my place or can you pull my garbage out or mm -hmm. can you water the plants or I mean whatever you have going on in your house you'll you trust them enough to make sure that that happens so but we've lost out of touch you know with social media and people not willing to spark up a conversation with other people to just see what that person, you know, just to talk to that person, just to get to know that person. You don't want nothing from them, you just want to get to know them. And we've, uh, we're out of touch with that as a society, uh, especially this day and age, even more so because of social media and the internet and all this other stuff that's around, all these other distractions that are around from people actually sitting down having a face-to-face -face conversation. How do you feel about time? What about time? Things are so fast, people feel like they have to hurry up so much and 
live now because tomorrow do you think that philosophy is what will hinder someone to think about the future and generational wealth because I mean if you're living for the right now and things have to be today how do you teach that to someone like that I think you I think today's society they definitely want you know they call it the microwave generation they want things now they want it now and if I can't have it now then forget I'm living for now um, that's just what our society has came to because we don't even talk anymore. We can't even sit down and have this conversation anymore. Now everything is done on, you know, social media. So what they see on social media and see on the internet, they want that type of lifestyle. And to be honest with you, a lot of people don't really have that lifestyle, but they're just showing this lifestyle, this incredible lifestyle that's just a facade, it's fake. But people want to live that type of lifestyle, and they think that they can, and, and, and they're, they want to live that type of lifestyle by any means necessary. So they're willing to do other things to get that type of lifestyle, whether it's selling drugs, prostitution, um, selling out their own family. Whatever they have to do to, to obtain that type of lifestyle, they're willing to do. Um, and I think that we need to get back to the brass tacks and say, hey, you know what? That lifestyle is cool, but we have to earn this type of lifestyle. This whole quick and let me get it now and let me that that whole mentality is 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 absurd because anything you get quick, obviously you're not capable of. You don't have the knowledge power to to um, <clears throat> stay at that standard. So what you have to do is you have to learn because if you get something quick, just like somebody that wins a lotto, man, I just won twenty million dollars, and then ten years later they broke. Just because you win something or you earn a lump sum of money doesn't mean that you have the capacity to keep that. So you have people that have that have won the lotto, $400 million, and they're broke within 25, 30 years. How can you win $400 million and all of a sudden 25, 30 years you're broke? That's because you, just because you won that money, that doesn't mean your mental capacity is ready for that amount of money so then you start spending and splurging and you start basically throwing away your money until you're broke so just because you get something fast doesn't mean that you'll you have the ability to keep it so a lot of people that want that fast-paced life and they want this money now they want this lifestyle now they don't have the mental capacity to keep that lifestyle so it's okay for a few years and then it goes away, and then you're wondering, hey, what happened? Well, you weren't ready for that type of lifestyle. You didn't, you, you didn't truly earn that lifestyle. So now it's gone. You know, work for something, earn it, and then as you're working, see, as you're working, you're 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 gaining the knowledge on how to keep, it. and you're working hard for it. As you're working for it, it's it's a beautiful thing because now you're you're building up your mental capacity to keep it and to harness it, and to grow it, and to expand it. That's the whole process of learning something. Because, I mean, whatever you want to do in life, whether it's start a business, have a job, you have to grow into that. You know, When you start a business, you might not know anything about the business, but as you go on, as your journey continues on, then you start learning more and more and more, and then you're able to mold it to where you want it to go, and then you can keep it, and then you'll start having successes. And you can keep having successes because now you're knowledgeable and you have the experience. And that's what it's about, the knowledge and the experience.
not the quickness of you getting it, not how fast I can get this with no work. I want to get as much as possible and do as less as possible. Right. <laughs> that doesn't even make sense. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. you, <know? laughs> you got to work for it, right. period. It's, 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 it's no way around it. If you want to keep something for a long time and you want to have wealth, you have to work for it. It's not just going to stay there just because that's what you want. You have to work for it. Absolutely. Absolutely. You have to work for that. So, you know, money, uh, you know, money will leave you if you, if, if you don't watch her. She'll, she'll get up and walk out the door. What, what, is, what does money mean to you? I think, like I said. Does, that, does, was money, does money create happiness in your life? Money doesn't make you happy. Because no, create happiness. Create happiness? Like, uh, if I got money, I wouldn't be in the house all day. I'd be able to do this. Does, does money make your day bad? If you have it, it's like, ah. Oh. When you got it, it's like, yeah. Or could you say, ah, oh, no, it don't matter. I'm still going to enjoy life without it. I mean, it depends on your life's purpose. I think that uh, money just gives you options. I don't think money has a, you know, the, the happiness people have, when people have a lot of money, the happiness that they're experience, experiencing when they do get happiness is just because this money allows me to have options. And if I wanted to go to the Bahamas right now, I can get online, book me a flight. I probably don't even have to pack any bags. I'll just buy clothes when I get there. Right. That's all money does. It's a tool. It provides you options. But it's no happiness in money. It's no happiness in it. The happiness has to come within. The happiness has to come with your life's purpose. I think we're all put on, I, th I think, honestly, I think we're put on this planet to, to, to enhance other people's experience in a positive way. You know, don't try to take, take away from people. Anytime you engage in, in, with someone, you shouldn't try to, you, you shouldn't think, your, your mind shouldn't think, what can I get from this person? I, I believe your mind should think that, okay, well, you know, how can I enhance this experience? How can I help this person? I think if everybody had that mentality, when interacting with people, I think the society would be a lot better mm. and people would be more happy because you're not focused on selfish needs and selfish wants of what you want. Man, I hope I, I can get this person to do this or that. It's more, okay, you, you, you know, you're coming at it more honest and you're saying, how can I help this person? How can I help this person reach their, their potential? And um, I think if you have that, if, if more people had that mentality, um, They'll be they'll be able to get more out of life. Yeah. Well, if you can go back and talk to the twenty-three-year-old you, what would you go and tell you the twenty-three-year-old you? Since you already know what your future is yeah. going to be like, you can say, "Hey, man, <laughs> you might want to dodge this one. <laughs> you might want to. You might want to leave that woman alone that you was messing with. You might want to leave her alone." And go on to the next one. I would definitely tell myself that if I can rewind time, yeah. I would tell them, "Hey, don't you don't want to have you don't want to have no issues with this one. Leave her alone." I think you know. And to be honest with you, but a lot of people say, "Well, I don't have any regrets in my life." Um, well, a reg technically, a regret is you know if you had the ability to change something in your past, you would. Mm. You know, and I would say I fall under that category in regards to my daughter's mom. If I could have had my daughter with someone else, mm -hmm. it would be a much easier, happier experience for me. Mm -hmm. um, I think if, just by me changing that, wouldn't need a lot. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Would mean a lot of, you know, would save me a lot of heartache and a lot of time and a lot of frustration and stress. <laughs> yeah. yeah, life, uh, they, don't, they don't teach you that either. Uh, hey. You know what's crazy though? My mom said, don't mess with that girl. You better leave her alone. And, and, and I didn't listen. I was comfortable with what I was doing and didn't listen. You know, hard head make a soft ass, right? Is it easy to be comfortable doing the wrong thing? Because sometimes we know something's wrong. Yeah. It may not be like you killing someone or anything. Yeah. Like, I, I know I shouldn't be in this situation. Mm-hmm. At what point do you say, you know what, you're right, I shouldn't be here. Or do you just kind of just go through it and kind of just see if you could, you know, because we, sometimes we think we can maneuver through it, you know. Uh-huh. You know how much stuff I've been through? This is nothing. And then you don't realize that six years later you're still in the same situation you was mm-hmm. when you said you can change it. So is it just easier just to deal with it because you're comfortable? Or do you try to get out and see what's out in the world today? Well, sometimes people get it. Sometimes people can get into their own way. Mm-hmm. What I mean by that is, they allow their um, not only laziness but their life circumstance to keep them where they're at in life. It's a, like a de- like a, like a depression. Mm-hmm. People have it's, it's a lot of people that are depressed, but they don't know they're depressed, and they might not really even know it. They they could just be oblivious to it, but that can hold them back from freeing whatever the, whatever's holding them back, that, that can hold them back from being free from that and jumping into something else in life. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it goes back to the old saying, you know, it's, it's, it, it, it's easier to do the wrong thing than the right thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I think about that, it's a lot of truth because... I remember, you know, I, I related back to sports. It's easier to just play in the games than to have to go to practice Monday through Thursday right. and go through all the drills and all the plays and all that stuff. It's easier to sleep in than to get up early in the morning, go to the gym, and get you and start your day off with a fresh start and a new look at life. It's easier to just sleep in. So people make that, you know. And then I remember one guy, he said... Um, I don't have a six-pack, he said, because it's easier for me to sit on the couch <laughs> and watch television and eat. Because if everybody was disciplined and if everybody honored their commitment to themselves, then everybody, you know, I want to go to the gym. You make that decision, you go. It's nothing else to talk about. You made that decision, you honor what you say, and you go. Now, once you get to the gym, it's a lot easier because, you know, when you're at the gym, you'll be able to, you'll figure it out. But the hardest part about working out is getting to the gym. Right. A lot of people just don't have the discipline to just say, hey, get up and go to the gym and do it. So um, people are just comfortable, and it comes with comfort, too. And people are comfortable in life. Like, I had a buddy of mine. He wanted to leave, he wanted to leave a job and get something better. He has a family of five, five kids and a wife. And um, I said, man, you just need to apply yourself and get out of that situation. But he's comfortable where he's at. He wants to leave. Right. Every time I talk to him, he talks about leaving. But he doesn't. He doesn't have any action, any mm-hmm. go to to get it done. So, so who does that affect? 
that not only affects himself and his self-confidence and his self-esteem, but it affects his wife, it affects his children. So he's comfortable in that situation. I don't know if he'll ever leave. So, I mean, but he has to have a real, you know, he has to look at himself in the mirror and really figure that out and really make a decision and go for it. Right. It can happen, but, I mean, you, won't, you don't want it to happen when you later on in your life, you know. Yeah. You want to make that transition as soon as possible so you can move on with your life and you can put your family in a better financial situation. Right. And that's what it's about. So, you know, you had a chance to, to speak to a group of kids, you know, kids stands up, hey, what is life supposed to be? Like, you know, I'm, I'm nervous, about to start high school, I've seen all these movies, I've heard all these stories, what should I expect? They say high school is the most pivotal time in your life. So your experiences that you faced in high school kind of determine how you would be in the future. So what do you tell this group of middle schoolers about their mark on the high school? I would just, I think I would tell them to just understand that life's a journey, it's not a race. Um, experience everything you possibly can experience as positive. Like, go, if you want to play sports, go out for the sporting team. If you want to go into the, uh, you know, uh, yearbook committee or whatever committee you want to be a part <laughs> of, go for it. Broaden your horizon in high school because you really don't know what you want to do. You really don't know what you want to be in high school. People say, I want to be a doctor. I want to be a policeman. Right. You know, I want to work for the state or whatever, whatever goals you may think that you have in high school. It'll change. It'll change because I think, well, let me rewind a little bit. I think that we as a society, we don't ask the right questions when it comes to that. Because I don't think a person should ask another child, what would you like to be when you grow up? I honestly think that people should ask children and young children, how would you like to live? Mm. What kind of lifestyle do you want as an adult? Because that's more relevant. Because based off of the lifestyle, then you can pretty much determine what you want to do. If you want a, you know, lifestyle that's barely making it and barely getting by and high stress in life and all this other stuff, is job for that, you know. And it's unfortunate that teachers get paid the way they do, you know. Recently I heard Sac Sacramento City Unified School District will be going on strike pretty soon. I think next, what, Monday, tomorrow or next week or something because of uh, they're underpaid. So you already know what that provides you. If you want to be a teacher, and you, but you want, to, you, know, you want to make all this money and you want to be a teacher, that's not the profession for you. Right. They don't make much money out here in the state of California. Or I think uh, in a lot of states, they don't make much money. So that's, that's not the profession. But if you want to be able to become a teacher to give back to kids, to teach kids because you love kids and you want to make a difference in the world we live in, and that's a different that's a different thing. You can do that being a teacher because you can you influence so many children. So many children pass through you that you can influence in a positive way. But if you want to make all this money, that's not the profession for you. So I think that we as a society need to start asking kids, 
how do you want to live and then determine what they want to do from that that's good definitely uh, I think we're hitting that mark um, you know the attention span sometimes can't go past an hour so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you have any social media any I mean, I have, you know, I have Facebook, but I just check that just to keep in contact with past people that, you know, I've encountered and teammates and so so forth. So I, I check that occasionally, but I'm not big on the whole social media thing. I don't have an Instagram. I don't have a Twitter. Uh, Ladies, you know what that means. What is that supposed to mean? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Somebody's going to comment that. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I just do uh, Facebook and I just, you know, and, and it's crazy because I don't update pictures or anything. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't update, like, uh, work experience. I don't update any of that stuff. I just, I opened it. All the pictures that are on my page are pictures that were on my page when I started the account. So... Um, I'm, I'm not on there looking for any type of uh, uh, likes. Uh, I don't care anything about that. I just, you know, I just, I'm just on there just to stay in contact with uh, a lot of the people I play with and people over the years. That I know that's it. But uh, yeah. So, okay. shout out, hey, shout out to my mom. You okay, know, she uh, she installed everything that I am today, uh, the leader I am today, the man I am today. I have to thank my mother for that. She's an awesome woman. Uh, shout out Renee. Renee Miles. She's a beautiful woman inside and out. And, uh, yeah, so. That's it, brother. No, no. I appreciate you, Jordan, for having this interview session. Uh, it's, uh, you know, I think it's a lot of great information that, you know, his brother's doing. And he uh, he's getting different perspectives of people. And I think that's important because it kind of, I mean, it allows you to understand where we as a society is going and what's in other people's thought process. And, um, you know, it, it, it can shed some light on some things that you may not have uh, thought about. And you can um, you can definitely get uh, great ideas from other people's thought process. Say, hey, you know what, I, I don't look at that the right way. I, mean, I, mean, I have to revisit that within myself and change something within myself to be a better person. Right. And I think that's what life's about. Life's about growth. And, uh, you know, if you're not growing, you're dying. So just uh, just make sure you're constantly trying to grow. And, you know, and we get, you know, procrastinating stuff, but that's just the human process. But we, uh, but just continue to grow. When you procrastinate, just know, hey, I need to get back to growing. So constantly grow and expand yourself as a human being. And if you have children, expand your children's understanding and knowledge while they're in your possession and just teach them right from wrong. And I believe that if you do that, you're doing a good job. And uh, I wish you the best. So thank you for having me. Michelle, WM4T.TV, you're...